1: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Colin Jeffries and Eric Reed host a
2: great podcast called the Rethink Marketing Podcast. Colin, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. Well, Jason, on the Rethink Marketing Podcast, we unpack the myths, misconceptions, and flat-out lies of marketing and sales. Our listeners tell us that we help bring different perspectives to common business growth, wisdom, and advice. That's great. Where can people subscribe? They can subscribe at RethinkMarketingPodcast.com or listen on their favorite podcast platform, including MarketingPodcasts.net. You heard him. Go subscribe.
3: Hello, 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 and welcome to The Extra Shot. We are actually on a very short break at the moment, but... The world of social media is still moving forward at an incredible rate when I say social media and digital marketing. So I thought it would be fun for us to review some of the earlier shows from this year. And believe it or not, this podcast only started in August and so much has changed since then. So I was looking back on this episode, which was actually episode two. So it's a bit of a walk down memory lane where we talked about what Elon Musk's plans were for Twitter in the future. In fact, what the plans of all the social networks were for the future. And at the time we had no idea that they were all suddenly going to offer an ad-free version. So it just shows you what can change. Also, I'm going to share later on during our break the episode we did on WeChatification, because that's definitely something that has come along in leaps and bounds since we started this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane and uh, let us know what you think. What is the future of Twitter stroke X? Have you actually remembered ever to call it X? I'd love to know. Welcome to the digital coffee extra shot. This is the companion show. It is better than an extra slice of cake because it's coffee. It should be tea, really, because my my co-host is making sang known for her expertise in tea, and we are going to talk about one of the hottest stories that came out of this week's live digital coffee show. But before we do that, firstly, a massive welcome to anyone that's listening. I can see we've got Mark there. This is being recorded. So if you come on and contribute as a speaker, we will be recording that. And this is repurposed as a podcast. Second thing is we're changing the format a little bit. We used to have like talk about all seven stories that I discussed, but we used to just go on forever. We're going to choose one top story. We're still going to do our internet winners and our internet losers. And we're also going to have a bit of a discussion about something else. And I love that we can do that. Um, So that's different. And if you are coming in to speak, and I can see we've got someone waiting to speak now, we're just going to let you in at the end because we're only discussing one story. We're going to have our little bit of banter, and then we're going to let you in to come and have your say as well. So, Tim, we will let you in, but not just yet. Um, So, Thanks for joining us. If you're listening to the podcast, you are very special because you're one of our very first podcast listeners, aren't they, making? Very special. Very special. You're special. But not as special as the people who tune in live on LinkedIn. Now, first in order is what animal is making this week. What animal has Google turned you into? Do you want to have a guess?
4: I don't know. Um... I mean, last week, what was it last week? I, I don't remember. It was an, um, last time was like an Aussie, weird, weird ass animal. I'm not quite sure. It was. Uh, I do remember being a, a, a skunk a few uh, weeks ago.
3: Yes. Well, so you'll be glad. Gra- you'll be glad to know you're not a skunk. You are I, a I, duck. You are a duck. Yeah. So, welcome, ducky. I need to say that in a Yorkshire accent, but I, I don't do accents. So welcome Ducky to the show and uh, let's start then with our internet winners and losers. And um, which will we do first? Which do you want to do first? Winner or loser? Let's do winner. Let's start positively, shall we?
4: Um, So Amanda, tell us, who won the internet this week?
3: Well, it has to be Barbie, right? It has to be Barbie. (laughs) What an amazing marketing campaign they have. For a very long time, they put together a very good marketing campaign. I think it must have been months ago when first they they let you upload a selfie of yourself and turn you into a part of a Barbie poster. That was everywhere. Everyone was doing that. Um, So they've been doing that for user-generated content in the cinemas, in the run-up, rather than just a normal standee that would tell you Barbie is coming. They had like a... A Barbie doll box that you could have your photo taken in. So that was getting loads of UGC. They did brand collaborations with the likes of Airbnb, who you were able to rent the Barbie Malibu house. Just total pinkness. They did other brand collaborations. It took off because even my local baker did a special Barbie gift box with pink cakes in for that. And like he's a classy butcher for Barbie and all of this happening when the actors the stars that would normally be promoing the show or the or the movie were unable to because of the actors strike so i mean the cinemas have been selling out as well so it worked this is classic fomo isn't it making
4: oh absolutely and i'm really um you know i'm really chuffed that you talked about the uh, screenwriters guild uh strike as well because um, you know normally you do hear the you know the movie stars you know going on interviews and talking about the film and you know yeah. some of them sound a bit jaded because it's their you know 100th uh, PR interview that they've done and I, I'm to be honest didn't even <laughs> sorry Barbie sorry Ken didn't even notice that you weren't no. there because the um, you know the marketing campaign was amazing I mean I actually saw a uh, a thing on twitter or x or more on that later uh with the burj khalifa you know the the tallest building in the world um in uh dubai uh and uh, you know with that big uh barbie uh box uh and a uh, barbie stepping out of it kind of like godzilla kind of thing but um and uh, it was uh, incredible but it gave me fomo because initially i thought barbie I'm not going to go and watch a film about Pink Barbie. Um, you know, there was one lady who asked, um, you know, what what doll did you grow up with um, on Facebook? Um, and I actually wrote a post. I said, my parents and Mark, who's my brother, who's on the show, he'll know this. Like my parents didn't have two pennies to rub together. So we never got dolls. We played with stones. I promise you, we played with stones outside our chippies. So I weren't into this Barbie thing at all. And then it was Greta Gerwig, who's the director. So I was like, oh, no, but I've got to support a female director because she's amazing. So I thought, shall I watch it? And then I was like, oh, shall I watch it? No, because I really want to watch Oppenheimer. And then lots of people saying it's a really amazing feminist movie. So then I thought, maybe I should go and watch it. So I went from... Decided not to watch it because it's a pink film to get in FOMO because everyone was talking about it. So it definitely,
3: definitely works. <laughs> so my story's similar, which is really weird because, like, you know, Barbie in so many ways is not a good role model. We know that if she was a real human being, she wouldn't stand up. She's blonde. She's got big boobs. I know there's lots of different diverse Barbies now. It's not just oh, what really? we had when we were a kid. It was like an exemplification of a perfect woman. You know, but also like I didn't, I didn't have Barbie. I had Cindy. I didn't play. Well, I did play with Stones, but I played with Cindy as well. Cindy was kind of, if you're in the US, it was kind of the British version of Barbie. And it was a lot more British. So yeah, I didn't love Barbie, but I did have some sort of guilty love of Barbie. I did have a Barbie dream horse that Cindy rode on. (laughs) It's like bizarre. So then I, again, I saw Greta Gerwig in something. I was going, wait, wait, Greta Gerwig's a proper director. Why is she like doing this terrible Barbie film? I didn't realize that it's not like your Barbie film for kids. It's I think it's a Barbie film that will work for adults. It has got a feminist narrative. And actually, Barbie has done some pretty cool feminist things. She was an astronaut before it was cool for a woman to be an astronaut. She has been everything. So she may be like top heavy and blonde. But she was actually, she's been a great role model for a lot of kids. And particularly since we've got diverse Barbie, she's not just a white, big boob woman with long blonde hair anymore. She can be any person. I think like that's great. I think the nostalgia has built it. Um, and from a measurement point of view, because obviously when I start thinking about good marketing campaigns, I'm like, how would you measure this? And the truth is, there's no, it's really hard to benchmark because I did an interview with Mark Schaefer a number of years ago when he talked about his favorite marketing campaign. It was like, this is not the sort of thing that you're going to be able to put into numbers. It's just like a massive brand awareness UGC campaign. And the campaign he was talking about was for Westworld. And it was similar to Barbie that they'd actually just created all these experiences. So, and also, they can have a goal of what they want their box office to do, but they haven't got anything to benchmark it against because there's only ever going to be one, one Barbie mark one movie. So they can't even compare it to the last one. Or they And there's nothing like Barbie before that's been so based on a brand that people love that's been actually a good movie. So it's really hard to measure, except it's doing really well in the box office. All the shows are selling out. Everyone wants to see it. Everyone's embracing the pink. Their brand awareness has been incredible. So if I was to get into the measurement, that is what I would look at. And final note on this, it makes me want to market a movie. Like I do, I have done film because I used to work in the film business. I've done a bit of work on like film festivals and stuff, but only kind of on the ad side. I would love to get into marketing a movie. So if you've got a low budget movie, not that low, you have to have some budget to pay me. I would love to work with you on something like that. That's the end of my ad for myself.
4: Amanda, you need to talk to um. You actually need to talk to Pascal. Uh, you know Pascal and Roger Edwards, right? Yes. I'll talk. I'll talk to you (laughs) offline because he actually does have a film, uh, and um, I'm gonna bring him on to my FOMO Creator Show. But he definitely needs your help to give you know create the FOMO and create the marketing uh, with this um, um, this film. I saw the trailer and it's incredible. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about that offline. Oh, talk Let's about it again. The internet. <laughs> Let's talk about the internet loser, loser. Well,
3: who could it
4: possibly be? I wonder. Gee, <laughs> Twitter, X. Oh my goodness! I am just done. I'm done with Musk. He's absolutely intent on ruining it for all of us, isn't he? Absolutely intent on ruining it. However, Amanda, I was really chuffed when you talked about it on your show this morning on the Digital Coffee Show. And for those of you who haven't seen the Digital Coffee Show with Amanda Webb, go and watch the replay on um, on YouTube, um, because I actually learned a lot uh, from your show this morning. And initially, I thought, yeah, Elon's definitely lost the internet. That's it. I'm going. I'm leaving, even though I love Twitter, um, but... You mentioned that um, it's actually part of a bigger strategy. So, um, you know, we've talked about the WeChatification uh, before. And, Amanda, I don't know if you want to explain that a, a little bit, uh, just so that we can understand where X is coming from and uh, and Musk's uh, bigger plans for
3: um Twitter X or, or whatever, even though we think he's definitely lost the internet. He's definitely lost the internet. But my, and so my initial reaction was, oh, yeah, I hate this, but I do realize that everyone is just doesn't like change. So I'm trying to be a little bit broad minded. But what WeChat, WeChat, for those of you who don't know, it's a massive app in China. And basically, you live your life through this app. It is the app. So it's a social network. You can go and uh, book your dry cleaning, book a haircut, all your government business is done through it. So it's one app that rules your entire life. And we've been—I've been talking about this, and we've been talking about this on this show for quite a while—that Facebook or Meta, as it is—and that was part of their their thoughts when they they had their overall company Meta wants to become WeChat. So with Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, it's be, it was beginning to get there and add extra tools on. So we know in specifically in. Um, I even just met WhatsApp. (laughs) What is the name of that app? In WhatsApp, they're doing a lot more shopping tools are coming into that. So we'll be able to do our shopping through that. So it's been, or it looks like it's part of Meta's plan for a long time. But Elon Musk has been quite vocal that that's what he wants to do with Twitter. He was vocal that he wanted this before he bought Twitter, and then he accidentally bought Twitter. And now that's becoming part of his big plan. So like Meta, the overarching company was always going to be called X. But now he's rolled that out into Twitter. And when you think about it, I mean, I did talk about rebranding and why you rebrand. And I can't remember my full list, but it was like, if you've um, if your brand no, re- no longer represents what you are, if your brand looks old fashioned. And when you think about it, Twitter has changed so much since Elon Musk took it over. We've got these really long tweets now. Which are totally not Twitter-like. You can edit your tweets now, which you could never do before. You can um, you can be verified if you pay, rather than being verified, because that these those are just three things I can think of. It is a different network. Now it's going to add blog posts and things into it. So definitely by changing to X, it's saying that this isn't the Twitter you know and love. Also, when you look at the branding, I love it. I love the little Twitter bird. I don't love the X branding. I, I really dislike the X branding. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think a black and white X is ever going to like have that empathy that I have for that blue Twitter bird, which is why my initial reaction was a bad one. But they, that, that brand is going to look old fashioned very quickly. So that's it. But really, I think it's the signal that this has changed, this network's going to change. So we are going to see a lot of new tools integrated into Twitter to make it more like WeChat, to make it this giant network. And another story we were talking about today was the fact that Google Calendar, you've always actually been able to do this in the paid workplace on Google, but now Google Calendar has an appointment scheduling that you can have for everyone, which is kind of like adding Calendly into their arsenal of tools. So all the big social networks are fighting to become like WeChat. They can see part of me giggles because we know that like the West hates TikTok because it's made in China, but they're all desperately trying <laughs> to get a copy WeChat. So there you go. So um, I do think he lost the internet. I think it's a horrible logo. Um, everyone on Twitter hates it but sure when they brought in the news feed on Facebook everyone hated that so i think we just have to wait and see do we get accustomed to it do we get to used to this new twitter and i'm hanging in there because i enjoy talking to random strangers on twitter but i don't know how long that will last
4: <laughs> and you know what um i initially when you uh, again when you broke the news about um calendly has a, a competitor which is google i was like yay it's got a competitor but boo it's google and um, and you know uh, um, when we you know we were chatting on WhatsApp um, earlier, and there used to be a monopolies and mergers commission that would you know put a stop to monopolies taking over, and because of what you know Zuckerberg's doing with you know he bought out the competition you know Instagram was doing something way better so he you know he bought it. Now they're uh, you know now they've got threads to try and rival uh, against um, t- uh, Twitter now and so these big companies are um, are, are ba- basically being a monopoly, aren't they? And there's no checks and balances in place uh, now. Mandy, you talked about uh, Brexit, um, how that that's what uh, GDPR is all about. I, I don't know if you want to um, mention that again um,
3: for the listeners here because I thought it was quite interesting. So I'm in Europe. For those of you that don't know, I know I sound English. I am English originally, but I live in Ireland and I've lived here for a very long time. And Ireland is still part of the EU. So we don't get threads. And the reason we don't get threads is because of um the EU don't want Facebook to become a monopoly. That's well, that's one of the reasons. There is a privacy thing that is beyond GDPR because GDPR still applies to um, the UK. But there's another privacy concern beyond that. So Europe doesn't have threads because it doesn't want Meta to turn into um, WeChat, basically. I do know as well they were forced to sell Giphy, so the Monopolies Commission got onto them for that as well. So there is some there, but the problem is then... So that seems a good thing to me. I'm I'm not mourning the loss of threads so much. I would love it because I do want a network that is like Twitter, and I know they done a lot this week are able to get like a following feed now and there's a whole lot of stuff I can't really talk about it much because I don't have access to see how this stuff works um so yeah in the EU you can't get threads because it's a monopoly but of course the UK isn't in the EU so everyone in the UK can have it everyone in the US can have it everyone in the world that is not in the EU can have it um, but at least I am kind of pleased that the EU is standing up against it because as much as I want threads, yeah, it's it is part of a monopoly of a social network. And to be honest, I used to like, you know, F and blind about Facebook a lot. Well, I never did because I don't do that on my show, but I used to in my head F and blind a lot about Facebook and really dislike it. And the one thing that Twitter has done with this well Elon Musk has done with all the work he's done on Twitter has made me hate Twitter more so and feel warmer towards yeah. Facebook. So it's, it's really interesting, isn't
4: it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, who do you swear allegiance to, one billionaire or the other? <laughs> <laughs> or another? I mean, really, do we really have a choice? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can talk forever and a day about the WeChatification because, you know, without healthy competition, you've got... Um, you know you've got the ecosystems that are coming through, and you know um Elon was a big fan of letting anybody have you know free speech on twitter and i I kind of was really erring and erring about that you know when um that president that we won't name uh was blocked from uh Twitter, I thought, you know what it is freedom of speech, and much as I don't like it, I don't have to listen to him. And so I actually like the fact that Elon would, you know, would allow him um, back on. But at the same time, in creating these echo chambers where we're, you know, the algorithm is showing us what we want to see and nothing else. That's what's dangerous with this WeChatification, because if we do decide, yes, we will swear allegiance to X or we will swear allegiance to um uh, to Meta, um, then it means that they will feed us what we want to hear, and that's the scary thing. Um, you know that that's really scary. So, uh, you know, Amanda, you often talk about the AI overlords. Yeah, this. <laughs> I is, mean,
3: I wonder, I wonder how this plays out as well. I think this is. I want to go with the Lord of the Rings thing here and say they're all trying to be the one social network to rule them all. <laughs>
4: I don't know whether we should laugh or cry with that, to be honest with you.
3: (laughs) So I guess our, our losing the internet story was actually the story that we're covering this week. Although before I bring anyone in, I just want to have, and we are going to have a discussion about Nike afterwards, or Nike, however you say it today. Um, But before we do, I did say I wanted to mention this. So why we're laughing, because both of us got quite depressed talking about this beforehand. Mm -hmm. It's actually not got much to do with social media, although it did show what a beautiful place Twitter can be. And I just want to kind of like pay tribute to Sinead O'Connor, which is just so random because she was a really like we were talking beforehand. It wasn't like I was a massive fan. I didn't know many much of her music. Obviously, I live in Ireland, so she's part of the ecosystem here, but she was an incredible human being, and I was so sad when I heard that she passed away, and Twitter became a beautiful place. I was kind of scared to look when I saw Sinead trending, but everyone was sharing such beautiful tributes to a beautiful human being, so Thank you. I'm going to call it Twitter, not X for this, because I do think yeah. it reminded me of what can be wonderful. Both of us were actually in tears talking about this. And it's really strange how someone who neither of us were particularly passionate about her music, how someone can have such a large effect on your life.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and yeah, uh, rest in peace, um, Sinead. I, I was um, retweeting every tri- tribute that came in and I was reading. All about it and yeah and and I was crying, and I thought I, I i will when I feel ready to do so, I will go back to google and and listen to a couple of a couple of her songs um that yeah there's obviously uh the one that Prince wrote uh, and there's uh another one that I remember um which um was it was a mandinka I can't quite remember the the name, see, I'm not a massive massive fan. <laughs> And and I love
3: just, her voice, yeah. though, yes, anyway. I was, and also I'd recommend her audio book of her, her biography. It's definitely worth a listen to because she just tells her own story in a really good way. So that wasn't exactly social media news, but I meant to mention it in the digital coffee, so I'm mentioning it now. I think it's like the beginning of Gogglebox in the in the week that Shade and Connor passed away.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant.
1: to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Colin Jeffries and Eric Reed host a great
2: podcast called the Rethink Marketing Podcast. Colin, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. Well, Jason, on the Rethink Marketing Podcast, we unpack the myths, misconceptions, and flat-out lies of marketing and sales. Our listeners tell us that we help bring different perspectives to common business growth, wisdom, and advice. That's great. Where can people subscribe? They can subscribe at rethinkmarketingpodcast.com or listen on their favorite podcast platform, including marketingpodcasts.net. You heard him. Go subscribe.
3: Let's talk about Nike. Oh, no. Let's anyone want to talk about the Twitter X rebrand before we talk about Nike? Tim, did you want to come in or Howard or there's Tim? I knew he'd have to say anything or Alan or Lance or Mark. You're more <laughs> than welcome to come in. So let's let Tim in. Tim, your thoughts. Tim Lewis is in the house.
5: I'm in the house. <laughs> um, first of all, can I say, there are loads of Lee alternatives. I don't know what you're talking about there. But anyway, on Twitter, um, yes, I, I have no idea what the idea behind this XB brand is, apart from, oh, it's like his other brand. But it kind of puts on the emphasis that maybe they've got some fantastic new functionality they're going to bring in to make it really cool. That That is the only way I think they can make this rebrand work. Otherwise, it's going to be a dead parrot situation. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I just don't really understand the idea behind it. But maybe there's some brand new functionality they're going to add in that's going to make it wonderful and distinct from Twitter. But uh, I'm not convinced. Um, Elon has uh, mr musk has a way of disappointing on his uh, great claims so that's why two pence were.
3: yeah it is it i do think we're going to see some i mean we already have seen huge changes but they've been coming in i would say slowly but i mean they've come in fast enough but enough that we forget what the first change was and i think it is becoming a new network and i think it was worth the rebrand from that point of view just to remind me this isn't twitter anymore amanda it's not the fun place you used to love apart from when somebody you like dies well, that's kind of the sad <laughs> thing about it yes the
5: great a great north london resident she kind of so, yes, <laughs> yes we're in london we're
4: very sad about her death
3: yeah anyone else want to come but, in um,
4: sorry making um no no that's okay i was just going to say tim uh Uh, I don't know if you missed um, Amanda's uh, show this morning, but there's uh, a new development on TweetDeck, which is very, very exciting. So do definitely catch up on that, because I know that you were sad that that went to the paid uh, bit of uh, Twitter, Um, but it certainly sounds um, very interesting, uh, especially for your uh, guests on uh, your Oh No, Not Another Live show and uh, chat Live potentially going forward. It's quite exciting. Yeah, well, funny enough,
5: I still seem to have TweetDeck, even though I'm not. On the paid pay, I've seemed to be on some sort of weird scheme for that. So,
4: oh, you're yeah. special.
5: Yeah, I haven't got uh, what was the other? I still haven't got Twitter Media Studio back, that's that's gone behind the paywall. But this is part of the problem, it's like you can't, it's very hard to try things out if you have to pay for it anyway. I know they say, well, it's not that much and it's whatever, but it's kind of the principles thing. I don't want to pay for for Twitter at the moment. Mm -hmm. He's got to have, he needs to pull some massive rabbit out of the hat. Maybe he's got this rabbit sitting in his hat somewhere to pull Mm -hmm. out. Um, (laughs) I'm not convinced. So do you mean
3: mean that like when he says you can actually order your dry cleaning on Twitter, that's not going to be the thing that makes you pay?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that whole e-commerce on social media thing probably take you out as I say I've done a talk on for Agora Pulse on e commerce and there's so many issues with that. Um and if he can solve that issue with social media and e commerce then yeah that would be worth a rebrand. But given his way of making statements and then not necessarily being able to actually uh, <laughs> com- overcome the issues of it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless he's somehow our X phones or something so that um, people can use that device themselves, uh, which don't wouldn't be surprise putting, I, Don't
3: be putting ideas into his head, Tim. Don't be putting ideas yeah. into his head. Yeah. You know yeah, he's listening, X,
5: right? We're all using the X phone next to you. Well, X headsets. All <laughs> next uh, oh. And it's like... Yeah. Wouldn't
3: yeah. put it past him. Okay. Anyway... Be- before we before we move on to our next story, because we're going to boot you out, Tim, just because this is only a new no format, tell me. us what you're up to this week or is there something you want to promote?
5: Um, I have really nothing to promote next week. I may or may not have a guest on the a and number but I haven't put one yet. There's a – so, yeah, no, I've got nothing to promote at all at the moment, but hopefully next week I will You have me back on or you're running next week.
3: We will be. So, all right, shove off then, Tim.
5: All right. Do I have to click on me or do you think you? No, we're just, just gonna
3: kick you out or May King is gonna oh, kick okay. you out. Yeah. But uh, you
4: can actually, come. Back. I am going to uh I am going to promote uh Tim because um on my FOMO creator show there's the end credits. Uh and uh it's an amazing video that Tim did for me. So, Mark, my brother, I'm looking at you. Uh <laughs> When you're ready to have uh, fantastic videos set up with amazing uh, music or, you know, clips of your um, cycling apparel, that kind of stuff, go and talk to Tim because he's done some incredible stuff for me. And I know he'll be able to do some amazing video magic for you. There you go. I'm promoting uh, Tim, uh, Tim's work for him.
3: <laughs> Great stuff. Well done. Tim, you need to get your act together promoting yourself. Right, let's talk about Nike or Nike briefly, um, which isn't part of my digital coffee show, but it's something myself and Making had an interesting conversation about earlier this week when we were both supposed to be doing something else. So tell us okay. the story, okay. Making. What's the story? Well, so um,
4: I. Uh i personally have boycotted nike i boycotted it, uh boycotted him in the eighties uh because of uh sweatshop concerns okay so that's my backstory and even though nike um when um if you remember the uh, the american football uh teams uh they were um uh Kaepernick, i think his name is lent, uh he kneeled on one knee. Uh lots of the NFL, you know, they were um they didn't like this um protest. And uh and so uh I think he was fired or sacked or something. Nike actually um approached him and they did a massive, massive campaign. Um, and um, you know, it it was incredible. So um purely for inclusivity, uh suddenly people were like buying Nike stuff because they thought, wow, you know, they're Letting the voice of a black man really champion, even though NFL were, uh, trying to, uh, suppress his protest. Now, ironically, Nike have decided they are not going to sell England, um, the lionesses goalkeeping, sh- uh, goalkeeper shirt, um, because it's not commercially viable. So it's like, well, are you, are you inclusive or aren't you? And I, I mean, like I say, I kind of, um, uh, boycotted Nike in the 80s anyway. So, um, I just thought this is ridiculous. So, one minute you are inclusive, next minute you're not. And so, Amanda and I had this great discussion because, um, I, um, when I sort of was a bit shouty about the fact that I've boycotted Nike, one of my dear colleagues, uh, when I worked in IT before I ran my own business, he said, Well, actually, making, um, in Islamabad, there is a Nike factory. And locals are scrambling to work in that factory because the work conditions are way better there than any other factory in, in, in Islamabad. So I have this love-hate thing with Nike because one minute they're good, one minute they're bad. And I know it's all commercial and stuff, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really not a fan of this, Amanda. I am
3: not a fan. I- so, yeah, my, my, I was the same. So we started talking about this. I have a friend who worked um, in the Christina Noble Foundation, which she was living in Vietnam for a number of years. I didn't see her for years. Um, and she spoke Vietnamese and everything by the time she came back. She's an incredible, incredible human being. I'm not going to name her because she probably wouldn't want to be named. But anyway, she's, yeah. And she said exactly the same. When I said, look, I don't, I don't like that I wasn't boycotting them exactly. Like I wasn't buying any sports shoes. So. It wasn't exactly boycotting them, but she was like, yeah, everyone really wants to work in the Nike factory out there because it, it, the money's better and the conditions are better than anywhere else. So I was told, um, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to stop worrying. So firstly, I don't like boycotting a company when all the other companies are doing it. Either you buy sports shoes or you don't buy sports shoes. That's it. Secondly, I started buying Nike shoes when they did that campaign, and I saw some um quite extreme what i would have considered them quite extreme right wing but i guess it's just america some americans saying they would never wear nike now because they'd supported black lives matter and they supported um not taking the Niger in the uh, national anthem or whatever it was that happened like i'm not american i don't care about sports so that was there so i started buying nike just to go like i will buy these shoes because it really annoys the right wing (laughs) it was like That was the first thing. Um, and they have been really inclusive. No, they are a business. Obviously they've got a business agenda. Like obviously they wanted to sell more, but they've always supported black athletes. I mean, it would be better if the whole of the Nike board were black, of course, or non white. Let's just go there. It doesn't have to be black or white. In fact, non white gay women would be perfect. Disabled. It would be, and I'm not even joking there. It'd be great to see more of those sorts of people on boards. But they've always, like, if you think back to um right when Nike started, like, getting market share, it was because they were working with, well, oh, what's his name? You'd say this is menopause. What's his name? The big tall, they're all tall, basketball player. Anyway, they've even made a film oh, about it. Yeah. I mean, they've always supported black athletes, so it didn't seem a large jump. And I don't think they minded saying that this is who we are for now. And that didn't mean we're just for black people because we're supporting black people here. It meant that we're for, we're against people who are not inclusive. So I did have a really good feeling about it. And when this story came out, I was like, yeah, yeah. Maybe they don't share, this was my thing. I was kind of like, maybe they don't sell any goalkeeper shirts. So I went to look, they do sell goalkeeper shirts for the men's team. And then I was like, well, yeah, they could have just manufactured a few. They didn't have to do a full big run. It does really damage their brand as being inclusive not to do this. And from a business perspective, like obviously from a moral perspective, they're in the wrong but from a business perspective it seems wrong as well because people like me who were supporting them I mean, I'm sitting here wearing my gym gear now, it's all Nike. It's like I've gone that way. I love the way also that you're saying Nike and I'm saying Nike, so we've got our covers our bases yep. covered. It's like I think they've really damaged that with this decision. And um that's that's all I've got to say about it. I'm still I'm still gonna wear them uh, because like I don't believe in also... throwing away clothes, but
4: and also as well, you know, um, I don't know what, what is, is Nike an American brand? Uh, but anyway, uh, soccer or, um, football of the actual name, although soccer historically was the original name, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but, uh, football has taken out, you know, it is always been a global, um, you know, a global sport. Uh, the Americans just took longer to uh, get on board, uh, with it. So it's not like there isn't, you know, a shortage of people and especially women's football, not a shortage of people who are, are not going to, um, you know, not going to buy. Uh, and the fact that, um, Ryan Reynolds and, uh, Rob uh, McElhenny bought Wrexham, um, is incredible. So, you know, it, when you say it's commercially not viable, it's short-sighted basically because if they're not going to get the millions and uh of dollars right now for the goalkeeping shirt then it will certainly increase over time uh and uh, and yeah i uh, and actually a lot of people buy the goalkeeper shirt because it's different to the standard England Lionesses shirt as well just to be a little bit different so um definitely short-sighted of night uh and uh, and yeah like i say i I completely agree with you, um, Amanda. You know, maybe you shouldn't boycott one company because they're all doing it uh, and so on. But I have boycotted a lot of companies. <laughs> it's a really long list. <laughs> McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Nike. We haven't got time to go into them all.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, but I used to not. as well. I just uh, feel like I'm kind of like now going. I was kind of wasting my time because I don't think Coke noticed. I wasn't buying their stuff.
4: <laughs> oh, I
3: know, I
4: know. But... Then you think, well, can one person make a difference? Well, yeah, because uh, that's what Greta Thunberg
3: did, right? That's how I sort of see it. But anyway, that's another discussion aside. <laughs> I do think, obviously, they must have done their research and know that this shirt wasn't going to sell as well as the others. Like I say, they have the men's gold pe- keeping shirt there, so they should have the women's one. So they should, and also, you don't want them producing clothes that aren't sold. We don't want them adding to like the mountain of clothes that don't get used, we, you know, adding to fast fashion waste and all that. But surely they could have just done a small print run on them. That's all I'm, I'm kind of like really yeah. they should have done. Um, obviously I'm in Ireland, so I would be wearing the Irish goalkeeper shirt if I even cared about football, which I do. Don't, don't. <laughs> okay, that's that's our thoughts. Um, Anyone want to come in on the Nike thing, let us know. Um, We've got one last thing to talk about before we finish. And again, this is a completely different show. I've lost my tab now. Did I get it? No, here it is. This is a completely different show to what we normally do, but this is the new format for our podcast. If you're interested in our podcast, just make sure you follow us here on LinkedIn because as soon as it's launched, which we're hoping is going to be really soon, you will be able to subscribe and listen back if you don't join in live. But our final story is something that May King did this week or actually last week. Now, why weren't you on this show? May King, why weren't you on this show last week?
4: I weren't on the show last week because I was getting FOMO. <laughs> uh, Steve and I, uh, we applied, well, Steve applied to go into the audience of uh, our favourite uh, political comedic show called The Last Leg. And after three hours of, um, a roller coaster ride of will they let us in? Won't they let us in? Are we, um, okay to be let in? Are we not? Do we, are we going to go through security? Are we breaking the rules? Oh, it was a roller coaster ride, but we finally got in and we loved it. It was amazing. And in fact, I loved it so much that the experience, uh, actually formed the basis of my FOMO creator show that I did on uh, yesterday actually so you can definitely go and catch a replay because um for anyone who runs events or has book launches or product launches we've got the amazing Paula Fissler here uh, who has incredible uh, lingerie um, if you've got a launch of a product you can generate the right kind of FOMO so in my show last week sorry in my show yesterday uh, the FOMO Creator Show I talked about what is a good um you know a good balance of uh FOMO and uh anxiety and annoying people because Steve you know he's a massive introvert and he likes things to be just so and if things aren't ticked off then he gets really anxious you know so it it, it didn't um uh he was so anxious about whether to get in or not
3: can and just, he nearly gave up can I just off stop and for nearly... a second can you explain why you had tickets, but you might not have got in? So what was that process?
4: So, um, the, I mean, if you think about it, you're live in front of an audience, so they don't want empty seats. So they over-cater uh-huh. to compensate for the fact that people might not turn up. It's also free as well. So as you know, Amanda, so, um, quite often we sign up for free stuff in business and we don't turn up because, hey, it's free, right? So they're overcompensating for that to make sure that all the seats are completely filled. Um, they had a just stop oil protesters last week, um, who interrupted the show, which is great because I love just stop oil and what they do. So they ramped up the security, uh, on Friday to make sure that we weren't the protesters. So they, you know, they went through lots of checks and balances to ensure that. Um, you know, that that we are credible, that we are okay, that we're not protesters and that we've turned up as well. They even had an ID check. And, uh, and so actually I forgot to bring ID because I, you know, I didn't bring my passport or my driving license. I thought, well, Steve's organized it all. It'll be fine. So we actually didn't think we'd get in because I didn't have any ID. Um, and they didn't say that on the emails that Steve uh, sent um so we you know we were thinking well we might have a nice um uh day out in london uh anyway um and uh but fortunately it was only c's id that he wanted um so uh, and they've gone through the security check with me i didn't have any glitter on me so uh, you know i'm not just oil uh protester so that's why it was really you know rigorous thorough we had to wait three hours um, you know uh, in the line as well but it was great it all added to the buzz and excitement and so that's why I knew that there was a lot of things that us as business owners can learn um, to generate the right kind of FOMO for our own product launches uh, and business launches uh, so that's why I did a show
3: about it yesterday. Great. So now I understand why Steve was nervous. Cause so you enjoyed the fact that there was all this and am I going to get in? Aren't I going to get in? And he hated that. I wouldn't like it either, to be honest. No.
4: And, you know, it's because Steve is a big, you know, he's a hundred percent introvert. I'm a hundred percent extrovert. Sorry, ambivert. So I'm part introvert, part extrovert. Um, and, um, I I thought, well, you know, yeah, we'll have a good time in London. It'll be okay. We can watch it in the hotel room. Um, but I think uh, Steve really, really wanted to be there. And uh, and the experience was amazing. We got to see um Judy Love. She's an amazing comedian. She's so funny. Adam Hills was hilarious. He looked after the audience. Uh, and uh, Josh Widdicombe and um, Alex Brooker were so lovely. They were ever so lovely. And we had Tim Minchin, who was a live guest show, and he performed in the evening and his performance was so amazing. It, you know, we actually all got a bit emotional, actually, <laughs> which is incredible. Plus there was an incredible bit that didn't get recorded, um, uh, that Tim uh, mentioned did, which was amazing. And that's something that me and Steve will always share that didn't get shown onto, uh, on the TV screens. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And of course, you know, the politics and the discussions and stuff, uh, was incredible. So, uh, on the whole, absolutely loved it. And we, we said that it was so special. We almost don't want to apply to get tickets again because <laughs> be it will never be as good as the first time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, okay, so that that's... was the last like vote.
3: And I did. I was watching out because I knew you were going to be there, and you were right behind the TV screen. We, we saw you at the back. We well, not at the back, behind the set. We could see you. You. Yes. I'm. I'm going to stop trying to describe where you were, but I was like to my, my <laughs> husband. he was like, it's making and I was like, "I'm not sure. Is it her? Is it her? Is it her?" Because <laughs> I don't see Steve, and then we saw Steve, and it was like, "It is him." So yeah, that's really and interesting.
4: Had, Uh, In fact, Lance Alcock, who's in the audience, hi Lance, Uh, he was actually watching, but he wasn't looking out for me because he didn't know I was there. But he was just shocked at the way that Hunter uh, had changed. You know, he's gone from long, uh, uh, you know, locks of blonde hair in the 80s to uh, (laughs) to being, uh, well, losing all his hair, but still looking fit for 50 years
3: old. Oh my goodness, he looks amazing. Very fit. Very fit. So that's interesting. I also think the last leg uh, I did when I did my podcast previously, I interviewed Johnny Spirian and everyone. It was the same one with the Mark Schaefer interview, actually the same podcast. Um I was asking people this, their favorite marketing campaign and it was for him, it was the last leg because of what they do with, huh? you know, in the breaks, they'll always have like a special hashtag that you can use for their conversation. They tweet, they tweeted their first thread. I can't believe I just said that <laughs> they posted their first thread. They had a poll for what he should post as his first thread on the week previous. So they are actually like rocking the social media television world as well. So we have actually almost taken as long as if we did the whole seven stories. So, but I think a more interesting conversation. So hopefully you've enjoyed this. And if you have enjoyed this, this will be a podcast. I am recording and um that we will be announcing the details of where you can subscribe to that as soon as we get that up and running so i can see there's people joining now but we're about to finish so before we do making what do you got on
4: what... um oh my goodness um i'm so excited because um i have um just won a contract uh, it's going to be a f- one conference, but I am confident there's going to be more in the future. Um, where I'm going to be the FOMO creator for a conference in Utrecht in the Netherlands. Uh, but they're giving me a title, Chief FOMO Officer. Cool. <laughs> That's great. So you, I'm um, sure we're going to hear so yeah, much
3: So about I'm that. A, sorry. Go on.
4: Uh, No, no, sorry. I'm just so excited. I I just can't contain my excitement. But as Chief FOMO Officer, we are going to be meeting regularly to think about how we're going to create lots of pre-FOMO to get people to the event. It's a hybrid event. So uh, come September... Uh, I'll be live at the uh, event. Uh, I'm going to be the MC. I'm going to be doing interviews. I'm going to be tweeting or Xing, whatever we're going to call it. I'm still going to call it tw- tweeting. <laughs> I like a rebel. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is a really long campaign uh, for me and a long
3: contract, which is great. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be working on next week. That does sound pretty cool. And I was like, I will also like, I am tempted to come. You were saying, come, come. And I am tempted, but I just, we'll see. I have to be closer to that. I'm doing that whole like parents go, we'll see, we'll see. I I have to like, (laughs) I have to wait and see. And I've been doing a lot of Google analytics training. So that is the main bit of my business now doing a lot of one-to-one stuff. And I, I have to say, I utterly love it. So if you want to upgrade your Google analytics knowledge, get in touch with me that's what I spend pretty much all my time doing um and with that when will we be back making same bad time same bad place next week and thanks for joining us for the show see you
4: (laughs) with many thanks too um David Paramore, my brother-in-law for
1: the n You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Colin Jeffries and Eric Reed host a great podcast called the Rethink Marketing Podcast. Colin,
2: tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. Well, Jason, on the Rethink Marketing Podcast, we unpack the myths, misconceptions, and flat-out lies of marketing and sales. Our listeners tell us that we help bring different perspectives to common business growth, wisdom, and advice. That's great. Where can people subscribe? They can subscribe at RethinkMarketingPodcast.com or listen on their favorite podcast platform, including MarketingPodcasts.net.
1: You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit MarketingPodcasts.net.